bring the heart. It's time to get loud. Let's go! Because this is Betfred Super League. Bring it on. Hello again, everyone, and welcome along to another edition of Rugby League's Finest, Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast sponsored by our good friends at Betfred. Well, as usual, plenty to get our teeth into this week. Wigan nilled in Perpignan. Coaches alleging some players are cheating to get men sent off. St. Helens imperious, so it would seem, and Huddersfield up to second in the table. Where on earth do we start? Steve, I think we'll start off in France. Catalan 28, Wigan nil. Is this the most significant and biggest result of 2022 so far, do you think? Correct. I think you're absolutely spot on. To be able to take on a Wigan side and just control the game throughout the full 80 minutes. It was a classic display of a team that is built in confidence from last year and they are, will be stronger and better this year. They missed out. They didn't win the grand final. I'll tell you what. They are the side that I think that can take on the Saints this year. Well, it was certainly a wet weather lesson for Wigan, wasn't it? I mean, normally we talk about the heat and the sunstroke in Perpignan. This week, the game was played, <laughs> played in a deluge. Well, it just shows you that a lot of people say, oh, it's unfair because the UK sides have got to go down to uh, Perpignan and as you've just mentioned oh it can be sweaty it can be hot but it just showed that they can play in any conditions at all look McNamara has really cracked the whip they've got a good understanding they've got a great set of forwards but their enthusiasm in defence is much better than what it was last year and that is a warning to all the others apart from maybe my favourites St. Helens. Indeed so, indeed so. <laughs> now, um, I mean, you know, Wigan, uh, Cade Ellis of Wigan, Jordan Desiree of the Catalans, sent off for fighting late on in the match. I mean, this was a throwback to the good old days for you, Steve, wasn't it? Nothing to do with these new protocols on the field. Three match bans await. I think it's the best thing that they've done. The referees and the NRL, they, they have just done it in both countries. They've just said to themselves, we've got to stop it. And I know I'm, I'm just cracking the whip again. But people have to understand, and the players have to understand, that you can't go head hunting anymore. That's absolutely true. And I think because of that, Sky, uh, at the end of the match on Thursday, they had Paul Cullen from the match review panel and the director of operations and legal at the RFL, Karen Morehouse, in the studio for a lengthy discussion. The red and yellow cards have become, uh, for some people, a problem. For other people like yourself, 
uh, a very timely arrival in the game. Um, but there, there is a lot of discussion about this rash of rel- yellow and red cards, isn't there, at the moment? Yeah, uh, but then that's mostly coming from the sides that are losing. <laughs> mostly from the coaches are complaining, oh, well, it's not because we lost, but we feel that there's got to be a, a new balance. Look, there's no balance. If you hit someone above the shoulders, you're off. Simple. Simple as that. You might get away with, say, a collision from the from the shoulder up into it, which perhaps will get you 10 minutes in the sin bin. But these coaches and these players have to realise one thing. We are protecting the livelihood of our game, not just at professional level. I am sick and tired of people saying, oh, it's not the same. Of course it's not the same, but it's far better quality football that we're getting. Do you think this um, clampdown at the start of the season, and it is a clampdown, there's no question about that, do you think this is brought about by the fact that there is this uh, litigation that is uh, on the cards from players of the past who are going to take the Rugby Football League to task over the fact that they weren't protected uh, during their playing days. I mean, there is a a feeling, uh, Paul Cullen has been quoted and indeed said on the telly on Thursday night, that the, the difference in the law in 2022 has resulted from the removal of words from the regulation. On late contact up until last year, he says, the wording in the guideline said excessive flexion. Well, that's now been taken out. It's been taken out. So it's not just a swinging arm. It's any contact with anything above the shoulder. Yeah, and I think it's, it's the only way forward. Look, it could be associated. It could be linked to what you've just said, Eddie. Uh, I, I don't really care where it's come from. It's just that I, I love the game of rugby league. So do you. So do yes. thousands, millions all over the world of rugby league. I keep saying it, it's the greatest sport on earth. Simple as that. The greatest game of all. But we won't have a great game. The players have got to understand. You can't do it. You can't. And this now brings me on to the next topic. Four yellow cards, Huddersfield against Cattle, uh, Castleford Tigers at the weekend. Both of the coaches in that game, Ian Watson and Lee Radford, they've expressed fears over a growing uh, number of players trying to use acting, if you like, to get men <coughs> red and yellow cards uh, during the early stage of this season. Simulation with players looking to get opponents punished to gain advantage, saying basically that some players are cheating. Now, isn't it the coach's job to stop this? Isn't it their job to stop it? Of course it, of course it is. Listen, you can, you can go back so many years, right back to 1895 when we created Rugby League. You go all the way back. If someone hits you with a high tackle, you could be hurt, really, really badly hurt. But there's sometimes when perhaps it's not as big an impact as what they say. And uh, I know over the years that I was playing, if I got hit around the head, uh, your captain or, or one of the players would come and say, lay down, lay down, we could send him off. It isn't as though this is new. This has been going on for donkey's years. The referees are now saying, well, look, we can't stop the players from saying, because we don't know. We don't have the medical situation where they can say, oh, well, he's, he's badly injured or he's not. So they can't start complaining about saying, oh, it's just going down on purpose to get a man sent off. They can't tell the difference. It is very difficult, you're right. Ian Watson says 
Uh, gamesmanship is creeping in. He wants to win games in the correct way. Lee Radford has asked for a meeting, <laughs> <laughs> a meeting with the rugby league to clarify the issue. Oh, we are promoting blokes <laughs> to roll all over the floor when there's any contact with the head. He says we'll all be in netball outfits before we're finished. It's the biggest load of rubbish from the coaches. If they look back on their career. You can't tell me that they've sort of feigned an injury or whatever, this, that and the other. You should grow up and realise, don't come out with these, I think it's silly statements, because you cannot tell. A referee can't tell. Only a doctor, an experienced doctor that can come out, can actually say, yes, you've got to go off. It's too dangerous to say on the field of play. But of course you're going to, you're going to have people that perhaps... They Tom Thick. Well, it's been there for, since time immemorial, as you so rightly <laughs> well, say, hasn't it? Well, you know. well, of course they are. I mean, <laughs> you can go through years and years of the, the finals that have gone on and semi-finals that have been won because they've had a penalty given in the in the final two minutes because a, a player was poleaxed. If he knows that he can win the game, he'll stay down. Are we going to have doctors that that referee our game? Look, we've got to have safety first. I just wonder if these these rugby league players and and you know I, I, this is going to stick in my craw. I wonder if they look at the the Premier League footballers and the Championship footballers on the telly, they get a flick in the in the ear or across the nose and they roll around. I just wonder if they're taking a leaf out of some of their books. <laughs> well, I hope not, because ours ours is a contact sport. We know that. If he's made impact above the shoulders onto a head and it's an illegal tackle, never mind whether the man's rolling around on the floor, it's been done. It's against the rules of the game. And so take action on what, what you see. Take action on well, what you see and what you believe. Well, of course. And to, you know, it's a simple equation. And I, I'm rather baffled by the fact that the coaches are now saying, oh, we want to meet him because we think that some of the players <laughs> are feigning injury. It doesn't matter whether they're feigning injury or not. If you've, if you've broken the, the laws of the game, then you've got to suffer by it. I, I don't know what it's going to do with, with all the coaches. It'll probably get to a point where we'll have a full meeting. All the coaches come in. This is the way we want it done. No, it's not. This is the way the laws of the game of rugby league should be run. Not, not the coaches, what they want. Fair enough. Well, the, the, look, there was nothing, uh, nothing wrong with um, the Leeds uh, whole game on... Uh, Thursday night, but I hate to say it, Steve. I hate to say it again. Leeds woes—they are continuing. They were pretty grim on Thursday, particularly in the first half, beaten for the fourth time this year in five games. Now, the one and only Barry McDermott—he believes the supporters should hold their nerve. It'll come right in the end. Do you agree? Yes, but it may take a while. It may be getting to the point where. Um, they could say halfway through the season we've got no chance of making the playoffs now who on earth would ever suggest that of any Leeds team over the years but I know that Richard has said the lack of enthusiasm has him completely baffled, he said they're training well, they organise themselves well I just get the impression having watched that game last week Eddie is that they were concentrating more on a kicking game than actually playing rugby league football. They've got the quality there. 
it, it just seems to me that some of their stars are more interested in not taking on the defence but kicking instead and lack of enthusiasm as I say I'm confused by it the Leeds fans are confused by it and I said it last week there's no need to panic Richard Agar is a fine coach I also know that he will try his damnedest to make sure that there is energy into it because if you don't get players who are showing any energy and saying that you know they don't they look very tired or whatever then drop them you can't play a game of rugby league for 10 minutes, 5 minutes when you start into the game. You've got to play for the full 80. And that's the reason why Leeds aren't playing well because they're not even start uh, they start well. Oh, they're pretty good for the first 10, 15 minutes and all of a sudden they may concede a try and then heads go down. Big things expected this year with the signings of Blake Austin, Aidan Caesar, James Bentley. Okay, he's been out suspended for a while. David Fusitua. But it isn't happening at the moment. You're right. It just is not happening at the moment. And look, you've just mentioned all those all those players. Well, instead of giving them a gift, like give them a mirror, because these players have to look themselves in in the mirror and say, "I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm I don't think I'm doing the right thing." You can never say that they never try. They try the best. But I'd like to see them try a little bit better. And I'm sure that Richard Agar would would agree with me. Absolutely. One player who could look himself in the mirror is Jake Connor. I mean, he is getting better and better this season. He was magnificent on Thursday. Not in the England setup, of course, Jake Connor. <laughs> we spoke about it last week, didn't we, in regards to playing for the All Stars? I know everybody's thinking that you can only select players from from another country for the All Stars. That, that that that's not part of it. Look, if Ellery Hanley wants to select Connor, which I think, and we discussed it last week, I think it's 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 there. He's got to pick him because if there's one time that Connor has said to himself, they they've dropped me from the England squad, well, he should be there now. Simple as that. It's outstanding. I mean, the, the try where he he dumb it to kick and then just threw the was top top quality listen it's not going to be easy in this World Cup we need people that can do something which is different not just get the big forwards going down the middle and then kicking and chasing we need someone that can actually do something is the type of player that irritates the opposition <laughs> well we need someone to irritate the Aussies and the Samoans and the New Zealanders we need people like that I think it's, I think it's wonderful for our game he smiles and he's always laughing at the opposition. I think it's, I love watching him. He's a cheeky chappy. There's no doubt about that. Now then. <laughs> he's more than cheeky. <laughs> Listen, I was lucky enough to be at St. Helens on Friday night for the game. I took a leaf out of your book, Steve-O. Uh, a pal of mine um, bid for VIP hospitality at the Saints-Warrington game three years ago. He finally got his prize on Friday and he very kindly invited me to go along with him. I've thoroughly enjoyed the night. St. Helens, fantastic, aren't they? Are they going to go through this year unbeaten? I think they will, you know. They could. It's a, a difficult task. The only thing that could uh, interrupt going through 100%, of course, is the Challenge Cup. Because they, in the past, how many times when we've had the Challenge Cup interfere with the league situation and a coach will say well 
we've got Wembley next week or maybe in a fortnight's time coaches have said I don't want to risk my players because I want I want to get to the Challenge Cup final play the Challenge Cup final and that's been the undoing of quite a few of great sides over the years but it wouldn't surprise me I mean they just completely ripped Warrington apart and not only were, were they great in attack the defence was <laughs> unbelievable it was I'll tell you something that defence that I saw from St. Helens just came out of the copybook down in our uh, NRL in Australia. They were fantastic. They, they were so quick. They're so big. They're so powerful. A really physical side. They've oh, got... like Makinson, Percival, yeah. like Dodd, Wellsby. I mean, you know, and, and you throw in like Lussick. Yeah. Uh, they, they're just very, very strong in every single position. But not only that, Eddie... They've got reserves that are top quality. Not they maybe 50-50. We're talking 80-90% top players. They are, and they've got the likes of Lomax that you know just does his job. Roby just does his job as he always has done. Uh, and and they're, they're huge. Conrad Horrell didn't play on uh, know. Friday night. You know, but, but you're right. I mean, they, they, they took Warrington apart. Warrington couldn't get out of their own quarter. They were so quick out of, out of the blocks in defence, the Saints. What about Warrington, Steve-O? Darryl Powell's taken on a heck of a task here, hasn't he? Well, I saw that opening game, uh, and, and quite frankly, I thought, yes, he's getting it right. Uh, I just sus suspected that a couple of the players, maybe three players, they weren't 100%. Uh, I, I thought Darryl Clark was, uh, was very poor. Normally, he controls things out there. Uh, it wasn't at his best, I'll put it that way. No. And, and Daryl Powell has already said that he is sweating over Clark's fitness because they've got Wakefield at the weekend, uh, and that's live on television as well. Talking about live on television, Steve, just let's go back to Leeds for a minute. They've never been off. They've never been off the screens this year. Every game... And I mean, this piles the pressure on, doesn't it? You know, everyone sees them. I'm just saying, is there not another club in Super League other than Leeds for the television companies to to focus on? Poor old Leeds, they're on every week. No wonder, no wonder the pressure's mounting at Headingley, Stevo. Well, well, if you're on TV, I mean, I remember as a young kid, uh, every player just, oh, we're on TV next week. It was a, it was excitement. But as you say, it can be an embarrassment when they're playing as bad as what the Rhinos are at this point at this point in time. Yeah, another another team that always gets um, you know glowing reports is Hull Kingston Rovers. They finally uh, got back to winning ways again. Ha I keep talking about this kid, Mikey Lewis. Another two tries in the 2016. 26-16 win at Salford you know, I know Jake Connors there I know that Lewis Dodd uh, Jack Wellsby but Mikey Lewis for me is up there with them Correct Every now and again we get someone that's above average and then is getting better and better more experienced and I am going to make a statement which a lot of people may laugh but if he continues with his improvement he scored two tries over the weekend and if you get to a situation like that, the England coach has made it quite clear. If you're playing well enough, you will be selected. It would not surprise me at all. If he continues in this vein, he should deserve to be selected for the World Cup. It's a big ask. It's a big task. But we need someone. 
with his ability to be able to break down a solid defense. There's not many in our game, Eddie, that can play as good as that and break down a solid defense. That's what we need. Indeed so. That is what we need. Uh, I mean, Salford, uh, I'm afraid to say, gradually coming back down to earth with a bit of a bump, aren't they, after their reasonable start under Paul Rowley. Um, it was. It, it, it's always going to be difficult. Uh, again, a new coach coming in. Uh, it's going to take time. But it, they started so brightly, Salford, and yet they, they've just fallen away lately. Yeah, and the, uh, the enthusiasm can take you so far. Uh, I know they've had a few problems with injuries, but um, I don't think they're going to get anywhere near the wooden spoon and then go down. I think they're a strong enough side to come back. And they've proved it already. You know, Paul Rowley is an experienced coach. And as far as I'm concerned, he'll make sure that they're, they're in and around the middle. And who knows? With a good run, they might make the playoffs. Who knows, indeed. Uh, well, look, they're not in danger of relegation. I don't think there's any chance of that because it was another familiar story for Toulouse. And it's now five games without a win. But another decent show again at Wakefield. Only trailed by two points at half time. I, I I just wonder if, like all the newly promoted sides, uh, and this will sound daft considering they went down to a very late drop goal last week against Wigan. But I just wonder for all the newly promoted sides, they they struggle to compete for the full eighty, don't they? Yeah, and we've discussed it before that uh, maybe maybe they should do what they did with uh, with Catalan. They were exempt, remember? Yes. We've said that, haven't we? It's too late now. I mean, that's not. Well, I know it's. Too, I know it's too late now because uh, you know the the teams like uh, Witness and Featherstone, <laughs> they they're wanting to get that promotion, so they they don't want to be denied that opportunity. And I agree, they shouldn't be denied. Uh, it was a big risk that they took, but when you look at the Catalan side, how they're playing, and most importantly, how many French players uh, in the starting lineup. Yeah, that's the most important factor. In the past, everybody said, oh, you know, they got them from Australia, they got them from England, they got this, that and the other. But their development scheme is very, very good indeed. And look, we all have to feel sorry for Toulouse. We knew it was going to be difficult. I mean, two of their stars, they left the club before they even kicked a ball. Yeah. So it's it's not easy for them. And I think everybody in rugby league was was really, really <laughs> a little bit disgusted by the fact that they lost to a, a drop goal when playing against Wigan. I mean, that, if they could have just held on for that win, what it would have done for oh, to lift their spirits would be enormous. But I know one thing, I'm not so sure Wigan will be too happy about going down and staying down in the south of France to play those two sides. You alluded to that last week. You wondered if it would come back and bite them, the fact they were down there for 10 days. To lose one week, Catalan this last weekend, staying down yeah. there. And you, you you sort of hinted that perhaps uh, they might have thought they were on their holidays with the sunshine. But it rained, steve It threw it down with rain. So it was wicked <laughs> yeah. weather. It was wicked yeah. weather. Yeah, I know. Well, well, maybe they couldn't get enough pork pies down there in time. I'm not <laughs> right sure. I'm not right sure. But uh, all I can say is is that this competition is becoming very, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. And uh, I, I, I thought, you know, uh, Wakefield are, are okay. They've got they've got a good coach, got a good set of players, um, and they'll be middle of the table. I feel. Uh, I hope so. And Tom Johnston, you know, what a player he is. What a player Tom Johnston is. I'm going to upset Wakefield supporters here now. I wonder if he was at a, quote, more 
fashionable, unquote, team in Super League, that he would get the rave reviews that he deserves. Well, it could work in the opposite direction as well, Eddie, is that sometimes when you're with a, a, a team that's, you know, full of stars, etc. and so forth, um, you don't hit the highlights. But that, look, this guy's coming back from a, a serious injury and, and I think he's done a damn fine job. He's a great, he's a great player. Uh, I'd put him into my England squad. Simple as that. I, I think he's good enough to play uh, play at that level. But it, it's interesting to see how Wakefield w will handle it. Because when you get before the start of the season, you look at you look at all the strengths from all the teams. But the, the way to look at how big the strength is, is to look what they have got on the bench. If they've got quality players on the bench and have maybe two or three that, that just can't even get selected on the bench, then you've got to start saying, well, they could be challenges for, to win the title. But when you get down on the lower into the situation, you just say to yourself, they haven't got much depth. And it, it happens in any sport. And certainly Wakefield will not want to lose or even contemplate losing their crown jewel of Tom Johnson because he is a fantastic player. There is, there is no question about that. And they'll want to hang well, on that, to him. Well, let, let's hope that's the case. Uh, let's hope that they, they will give him a long-term contract because if they don't give him a long-term contract, someone will. Yeah, they'll come in and pinch him. <laughs> Arguably the game of the weekend uh, came at Huddersfield. Uh, fantastic entertainment Giants into an 18 nil lead against Castleford then they hit back 18 all after 56 minutes two minutes later they were ahead through Jake Truman's try ok we had the four yellow cards they understand that Gareth O'Brien kicking goals from everywhere but then back came the Giants and they ran out winners in the end 36-24 the second in the table Steve as I said at the start of the podcast um, can they sustain the challenge this year they're at Hull this week that's going to be an interesting game a big test oh it will be but I think they start to realising now that they they are at a top of the table sort of situation they they can they can achieve things this year uh, the momentum I think we said it a couple of weeks ago that you know you get a new coach uh, it sometimes takes a while to settle in well this season the coach has settled in the players are settled in and they're confident. They really are confident. You can see it. And their defence is, is very, very strong. You know, for many years, uh, the Huddersfield, they produced good three quarters, good, good hard workers down the forward. But they always seem to let themselves down in that defensive pattern. Not anymore. No, and we always used to say, you know, the Huddersfield public didn't really respond to what they had uh, down there at the stadium. There was nearly 6,000 there at the weekend on Saturday um, I know Castleford were the visitors it, it, it was virtually a local derby but you know I think the, the people of Huddersfield they might just be beginning to think that they could actually do something under Ian Watson well that's the reason why the officials at Huddersfield went to get a new coach because they had the trust in him they had the faith in him and he's showing that faith in spades because they are a good side. Once again, they're not a team in the past that sometimes had three or four good players and the rest were sort of doing their best. Not anymore. They've got the confidence. They're really getting themselves in, in, involved in it. Though I'm sure, I'm sure that Watson would have been in, wouldn't have been too impressed when they were 18-0 up. 
right? And full full credit to the Tigers. They hit back and, and then to take the lead and then just fall apart in the in the dying moments. It was a great game. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was. It was an entertaining game, and that's what we're all about. We're in the entertainment industry, Steve-O. So if you look at that table, Saints top, 10 points from five. Uh, three teams then, Huddersfield, Catalan and Wigan, all on eight points. Holland Warrington, two points further back, fifth and sixth. It's starting to take shape, isn't it? It is starting to take shape, the table now. Uh, sadly, for a lot of clubs, yes. Uh, those teams that you've just mentioned there, they, they, they've been playing okay. And, you know, the other sides have got to really push it to, to push them and take them away from the, the top five or the top six teams. But as you say, um, I keep saying it. I'll say it again, Eddie. Saints, they'll take some <laughs> beating. They don't like it. I've mentioned that to a few people in St. Helens on Friday. They don't like the fact that you've tipped them, Steve. Oh, they're worried to death. <laughs> By the way, talking about that, I did see you live on television. I believe, you're looking, yes. Yeah, you're looking a bit old, old boy. I'm clocking on. There's no, <laughs> there's no question that I am. I am consulting lawyers with uh, a view to <laughs> McDermott's comments about me being miserable and the Victor Meldrew. Uh, you know, I, I think a solicitor's letter could be winging its way to Mr. McDermott in the very near future. How dare just, he? Just pay somebody to take him out. <laughs> I haven't got that sort of money, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> the NRL got underway in Australia at the weekend. Uh, what took your eye? Good start for your reigning champions, the, the Panthers, your very own Panthers over Manly. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That is one of the best showings that I've seen from Penrith. I know they won the grand final against South Sydney last year, but that display was top-class Speed, the defence was unbelievable, and they just shut down Manly. It was a masterclass by my old team. I mentioned last week about any coach or anybody that's involved, no matter what age limit, whether you're the top of the range or bottom of the range, keep watching. If you want to see some master coaching and playmaking, it's it's there. It's there for you to see. Just pay your subscription. And Penrith, by the way, <laughs> Penrith, by the way, they they did it without the great Nathan Cleary. His absence just didn't didn't cause them any ill effects at all. Twenty eight six against Manly. Yeah, it it, it, it was amazing. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people have already said that's it. Shut Turbo down. Manly are nothing. And you know something. Turbo has carried him through the last two seasons. He really has. I mean, is a one-man band. Well, there are, as you say, there are some great players, some great matches to watch down there. There's another three on Sky this week. How did the wine go down, by the way? Early, early morning, as you were hinting last week. How, how, was it chilled enough for you by eight thirty in the morning last weekend? Of course. <laughs> but of course, Eddie, you, you, you've got to realise that I'm getting into into the the mood of things because I'm going back to Australia. I know, right? In April, and of course, it's late in the afternoon. <laughs> and sometimes night time and sometimes having a little bit of a snort is good so I'm just getting I'm getting into the swing of things I only had two glasses 
Good lad. Good morning. Yeah, only Good had lad. two glasses. I've only had two this morning. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, we're, we're talking about referees clamping down the head-high tackles over here. In Australia, they're clamping down on the play the ball. They're insisting the players play the ball properly. Now, we've been banging on about this for, for years, haven't we? They should play the ball with the foot. It's an integral part of this game. But with all that's going on up here just now, if they start clamping down on the play the ball in the Super League, um, the referees might be in even more strife, mightn't they? The laws of the game states quite clearly that you have to put the ball on the ground and then use the foot to play back. That's why it's called play the ball. Now, the Aussies, they realize that they want to get it absolutely spot on. When it comes to the World Cup, what's our guys going to be doing when they just roll it back and nowhere near their foot? I know. And they find that they're going to be penalized and that could lose them the game. The Aussies have said, because it will be international rules for the World Cup. And it'll be Aussie refs at times as well. Well, of course. And then they'll just say, you made no attempt. I, I, can, I keep counting. Never played it with a foot. Never played it with a foot. Never played it with a foot. And I'm thinking, if they're clamping down on head eyes, if they're clamping down on certain things, clamp down on another law that is within our game. Don't have to be, you don't have to be intelligent to sort that out. And let's face it, 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 what's wrong with using your foot? Well, as I say, it's I an people, integral part of the sport. That is, that is what yeah. makes it different from everything else. Well, the coaches and the players think that if I, th if I roll it back quickly, then the dummy half has a better chance of, of beating the defence. I think it's about 15 years ago. They actually came out, the referees came out, and the board that said from the RFL, they said if they make an attempt then that's okay. Yeah, genuine attempt, you're right, they did. And, they and did. Uh, Why on earth would you say uh, if it's a genuine attempt, but it's not correct? The poor old refs get blamed for everything. Oh, of course, of course they do. And by the way, and they, I remember, and, and I remember they, someone who... And they fully deserve it. I was going to say, I remember someone who sat alongside <laughs> me for 25 years who blamed them for everything. You, you say you hate them, now you, you are defending them, for goodness sake. I'm not, defend, I'm not defending them individually. I'm, I'm defending the laws of the game. Yes, I know. Well, Barry McDermott always says that it's not the laws of the game. They're just guidelines. He's always said, he's always said that. Just guidelines, well, every, not laws. Every time, every time he was sent off, he must have sat in that dressing room and said, well, I only, I only applied the guidelines. <laughs> he did. You're dearie right. me today. You're right. Oh, uh, dearie me today. And uh, that... And I just wonder about um, maybe it's been done in the past. Maybe we should get Baz to go on the disciplinary committee. Oh, my word. <laughs> There's a thought. There's a thought. <laughs> That'd have because a fly in the ointment, wouldn't it? It's just it, absolutely it would. Absolutely it would. There's, a, there's another great idea we've pushed out to the great rugby league public on this week's <laughs> podcast. Fantastic to talk to you as always. We put the world to rights as we always do. Look, next week, next week, special week. It will be our 50th podcast. We're 50 up next week. We're going to raise the bat next week. How's that? 50. 50, 50. Steve-O. Oh, me. The one good thing about it is, Eddie, is that the fans out there, they can 
they can control it. They can turn us off. <laughs> <laughs> they did that for years. They did that oh, for no. years when we were on Sky. Uh, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Listen, we'll get a bottle of champagne and we'll pop a cork next week on 50th episode of Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast. Look forward to talking to you again then. Yeah, but before you do that, Eddie, make sure that it's you that's buying the champagne. <laughs> Not a problem. See Ta-da. you next week. Ta-da. Ta-da.